What up, y'all? I'm LBC Bruce, and this is another episode of Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes. The date is February 12th. It's the early morning. I'm in here super early because I was staying at home watching the Super Bowl. But I'm here to bring you a special post-Super Bowl episode of Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes. Let's get to it. Chill, couldn't be concerned less how I hate to feel. Car service only opportunity for rest in between destinations. A little hibernation, life under the scope. I gotta stay fresh. They just wanna see you falling. The only reason the camera's out when you're walking. The only reason they listening when you're talking. Waiting on you to contradict yourself. Albeit evict yourself from the house. Like when Beth instigated the situation with Tammy, got David kicked out. Suckers trying to figure my angle Puzzled by my shuffle, it get wood in the bangles Adjust my wing brothers in the presence of danger Drop bombs on them niggas from the middle And stay calm knowing that we belong On the top of wing tripping Cause we'll get there in a minute Yeah, that's a statement for the mission Swiss movement so my watch ain't ticking Who your crew is, them niggas is bums Throwing parties, don't that bitch come They all at my heart showing Me and my folks getting drunk Banging my sounds from the wall mouth let me cut the mic on what's good y'all it's lbc bruce this is another episode of cleats dimes and strikes so normally i'm in here earlier on a sunday but it was super bowl sunday so i wanted to make sure i watched the game so it is after midnight post super bowl on a monday i am here because i love y'all i am here because i enjoy doing this i am here because i have to represent for cleats dimes and strikes the realest sports podcast out there that gives you the real takes so super bowl is over the chiefs have won that's what we're talking about today we're largely talking about the super bowl not going to talk about much else there's a few other things i could talk about not really going to get into them the trade deadline was mostly slow in the nba although i will say shout out to the knicks fans shout out to the knicks i think they won the trade deadline with a lot of good pickups to add to what they already have in a somewhat depleted east where the celtics are questionable as always uh where the bucks have doc rivers as a coach who i seen a tweet that said doc rivers got fired and it was from a fake account because most accounts on Twitter are now fake, but I wasn't, I was shocked, but I wasn't like, I thought it might've been realistic because he's just that bad of a coach. So the bucks are looking how they're looking. Um, the Knicks are looking good. So they did go to the trade deadline. Also not really going to get into the whole situation with Iowa fans and Cheryl swoops and, uh, everything around Caitlin Clark. Look, I know you would think that this would be a great opportunity for me to dunk on Caitlin Clark fans who are uh, largely a uh, lighter shade of pink. 
I'd say. Um, but the thing about Caitlin Clark fans is I think that I have several more opportunities to dunk on Caitlin Clark fans. Uh, while Caitlin Clark has largely just been a baller who's been competing, who has a jumper this wet as hell, um, but also has like the ultimate green light to, to toss it up. Uh, her fans. Yeah. Normally a certain segment of people and a certain segment of a certain segment of people that are extremely loud and proud of Caitlin Clark. Uh, I will also say, I said this before and I don't know why exactly I feel this way, but something about Caitlin Clark gives me Aaron Rodgers vibes. Something about Caitlin Clark gives me Aaron Rodgers vibes. And the thing about Aaron Rodgers is most people, a lot of people hate Aaron Rodgers. The people who play with them are super cool with them. And there's a lot of people who have been around them who are cool with them, but the general public kind of hates them. And something about Caitlin Clark gives me Aaron Rodgers vibes. I don't know. And I think it's fair for me to say that. I think it's, I think it's a good thing for me to be able to say that about Caitlin Clark, because I think that, you know, women athletes have to really give, be given the attention they deserve. And we're going to discuss more about women's sports on Cleats, Diamonds, and Strikes in the very near future, especially now that football season is over. But um, I think in all fairness and being fair, uh, you need those villains and the people that people hate. I think that's kind of the problem with women's sports is we approach it in this like delicate manner and nobody cares about sports if there's not people to clearly hate. And that's the thing like we don't really approach women's sports that way. Um, there's not the heroes, there's not the villains, there's not, at least the masses don't approach it that way. I think if you look at sports, like if you look at like boxing, like boxing was extremely up when people hated Mayweather. If nobody hates anybody, then it's not as popular. So I think I'll talk about that at a later date. This episode, largely talking about the Super Bowl, that's what we're on. So going to take a quick break, then we're going to come back. All Super Bowl everything. Cleats, dimes, and strikes. Cleats, dimes, and strikes is a part of the Realities Real Podcast Network, brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith. We will be back. Cleats, dimes, strikes. What up, y'all? I am LBC Bruce, here to talk to you about the Electric Relaxation Podcast. Electric Relaxation Podcast is a podcast hosted by the cool kids talking about all the cool nerd stuff that now everybody's into. So that's TV shows, that's movies, that's video games, that's tech, that's all that good stuff. Product reviews, show reviews, debates about what's better, Marvel, DC, all those things. That is the Electric Relaxation Podcast, brought to you with a little bit of twist from me, myself, LBC Bruce. Electric Relaxation Podcast is a part of the Realities Real Podcast Network, brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith. You can catch new episodes of the Electric Relaxation Podcast every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming app. Thanks for checking this out. Look forward to seeing y'all every Thursday.
And we are back. Cleats, dimes, and strikes. Cleats, dimes, and strikes. No news this this week. No news this episode, rather. Just Super Bowl talk. Let's get right into it. So, first of all, I'm not going to sit here and brag about being right in my prediction. I picked Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl over Brock Purdy. I think if you pick Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl over Brock Purdy, you don't deserve any fancy credit or celebrations or anything like that. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is clearly by far in a way the best quarterback we got in the league right now. And I think those debates on best of all time are just getting more heated. And I think it's almost getting to a point where it's not a debate. Now I know Brady has one more at this point, but I think when we watch how Patrick Mahomes plays the position of quarterback, his ability to do a lot of the things Brady did, his ability to make those clutch passes and how he always comes through in the end and his athleticism. And like, there's just too many things in Patrick Mahomes when you watch him and you compare him against somebody like Tom Brady or even a Joe Montana where you're just like, man, Nobody has done this before. Nobody has played that position in this way. And he just continues to get it done. Now, I think that obviously there's going to be some debates just based upon time period, stuff like that. But like I said, man, I wasn't betting against Patrick Mahomes. And sure enough, in the end, Patrick Mahomes came through. Now, the game was close in the 22-25 NOT. Shout out to the 49ers, man. 49ers played a great game. Um, they were in there the whole game. They had the lead for most of the game. The Chiefs had to come back, which they've been doing a lot lately. Uh, the 49ers did a great job of giving Travis Kelsey a hard time. He clearly was having a very long night, as evidenced by the video of Travis Kelsey getting in Andy Reid's face and pushing him out the way. Uh, if you look, if you remember in the game, it was a point where um, Pacheco fumbled the ball. Uh, he fumbled the ball on that play. The tight end that was in missed a block. Travis Kelsey was not in the game. Travis Kelsey was very upset about not being in the game. And when he went to the sideline, he got Nandy Reed's face and pushed him and screamed on him. Now there's a lot of people who are coming out and saying, Hey, if that was this person or if that was that person, there's no way they would have let that fly. AJ Brown came out and said, Hey, if that was me, there's no way they would have let that fly. Tyreek Hill came out and said, and we know why now was that a shot from Tyreek Hill to AJ Brown or was that him in agreement with AJ Brown? I know I'm in agreement with AJ Brown. There's no way in hell a player can get in their coach's face and push him over from getting in their face and screaming on them and it just be all good. That's not flying. And it's, I find it funny that we're on the heels of Yusef Nurkic in the NBA saying Draymond Green shouldn't have got another chance for, you know, getting physical with him. But here we have Travis Kelsey knocking his own coach over. And I know people are going to say, Oh, it's the emotions. It's the heat of the game. You know, he's emotional because he wants to win. It sounds great. But I think it's very convenient when we bring out the emotions, heat of the game, passion card. 
I think we bring out the emotions, heat of the game, passion card. Conveniently, when players who look a certain way are involved in the situation. And I think when players who look a different way, maybe, you know, a little darker shade, then all of a sudden all that emotion, passion, heat of the game shit goes out the window and they're thugs. What Travis Kelsey did would be labeled thug behavior if that was Kadarius Tony. 100%. And Kadarius Tony couldn't even play in the game. He was a healthy scratch. But Travis Kelsey is in the game and he's in Andy Reid's face and he's pushing Andy Reid around. He didn't push him physically with his hands, but he was in his face enough to where Andy Reid fell over a little. He didn't like flop, but that just wouldn't fly with anybody else, man. I'm calling the spade a spade. And I know a lot of people are going to let it slide. I know a lot of you kiss ass niggas out there are not going to say it. I'm going to say it. That's bullshit. And there's no way that I would have let that fly with anybody else. Now, because the chiefs have won and everybody's partying, you sweep that under the rug, right? And we'll forget all about it. Travis Kelsey is allowed to do that. Passionate heat of the game. Wants to win. And sure enough, the Chiefs won. Now, I think that the 49ers played a really good game. Again, I think they played a really good game. But I think walking away from this game, a lot of people owe Cam Newton an apology. I was watching this game, and I get why 49er fans have been sticking up for Brock Purdy. I think, one, your team has been successful, and that's your quarterback. Obviously, you're riding with him. Two, if you've watched Brock Purdy the way 49ers fans have, they've seen him make plays when they need him to make plays that have led to them having success. So obviously that's your guy. You've made it all over to the Super Bowl. Everybody doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. Shout out to him. You're riding with him. But the announcers and the analysts, it's just been a lot of sucking Brock Purdy off. I'm going to say it. I'm saying it. It's been a lot of sucking Brock Purdy off. And I think that it's hilarious how everybody has like united around Brock Purdy to protect him from the evil Cam Newton. Cause Cam Newton called him a game manager. Oh my God. How dare he call him a game manager? It's like reverse racism. It's like calling a white quarterback, a game manager. It's like reverse racism. You call a black quarterback an athlete. You call a white quarterback a game manager. So it's so horrible. He's the most hated player. I seen a media thing where they were asking people who are the most hated quarter, most disrespected quarterbacks in the league. And a lot of people said Brock Purdy. A lot of people said Brock Purdy is the most disrespected quarterback in the league. Baker Mayfield said Brock Purdy is the most disrespected quarterback in the league. I'd say Baker Mayfield is more disrespected than Brock Purdy. Some people brought up Dak Prescott, who I think is clearly more disrespected than Brock Purdy. There's a lot of guys who get a lot more disrespect than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy got called a game manager by Cam Newton. It's not that serious. That's not disrespect. And I think if you watch the game, you see why Cam Newton referred to Brock Purdy as a game manager in comparison to other guys. Look, when they went into overtime and the the 49ers won the coin toss, they selected to get the ball because they wanted to keep the ball out of the hands of Patrick Mahomes because you knew what Patrick Mahomes was going to do. And then when the 49ers got the ball, what did they do? They put the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey 
repeatedly. Handoff, 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 handoff. By the way, shout out to Christian McCaffrey. He's the baddest running back in the game, period. When he was in college, obviously, there was questions. He went to Stanford, so, you know, Stanford. But he did a lot. But, like, would that transition into the league? That's always a question. Will that transition into the league? I argue Dalvin Cook versus Leonard Fournette when they were both in college because Leonard Fournette was just the supreme thing to everybody. But Dalvin Cook was my guy because I'm an FSU fan. But Christian McCaffrey, will it transition into the league? It has 100% transition into the league. It is transitioning into the league for Christian McCaffrey more than it did Reggie Bush. Christian McCaffrey is a bad man. But when they went into OT, they said, hey, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. Put the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey. They did not say put the ball in the hands of Brock Purdy. They took the ball out of the hands of Brock Purdy repeatedly. Repeatedly took the ball out of his hands. Why? Because... He is a game manager. They did not trust him to go win the game. They did not tell him to go win the game. Now, with that said, when forced to, Brock Purdy did make a nice play on that pass to Zuzek, whatever the fullback's name is, where he scrambled and hit him right on the sideline, and people questioned if he had actually caught the ball. But when you looked at the replay, he clearly caught the ball. He made that play. He made that play. He had to make that happen. But they were forced into that position. They were forced to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands. Their choice, keep the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands. That's how we get this done. Get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. When the Chiefs get the ball, put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. If Cincinnati gets the ball and he's healthy, put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands. When Buffalo gets the ball, put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. You're not saying... Yo, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off. When it's time to win a Super Bowl, you put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Look, Lamar Jackson, they lost because they were trying to force him to do things he doesn't do. Just put the ball in his hand and let him do his thing. And you win or you lose with those guys. Plain and simple. The Chiefs win or they lose with Patrick Mahomes. You don't lose by not giving Patrick Mahomes the ball because we're all going to call you stupid because you have Patrick Mahomes, you let him do his thing. Brock Purdy, take the ball out of his hands. That's what they did. So clearly, Brock Purdy is a game manager. And that's not disrespect. That's not, that's not saying he's trash. That's not saying you can't win with him. They had one with him. They got all the way to the Super Bowl with him. So, you know, when it comes time to looking at where people stand, like I said in the last episode, as much as we know, I mean, there's like four or five guys that are like legit top of the top. And I may even say there's less than that. There's Patrick Mahomes. Then there's a few other guys. And then there's everybody else. And Brock Purdy right now is in that everybody else where he's at in that everybody else questionable. He could be number seven. He could be number 16. He could be anywhere in there. Just because somebody's a playmaker doesn't mean they're like best of the best. I'll say that too. Or rather, let me get it correct. Just because somebody's a playmaker doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win. Uh, they asked Mike Vick about that. And one of the things Mike Vick said is sometimes I wish I managed the game. Mike Vick was a playmaker. Didn't win. Maybe sometimes he would have been better off just managing the game 
and then making his plays, but trying to force to make the play, that's when you get into issues. That's what happened with Lamar against the Chiefs. He was trying to force big, huge plays down the field. He was trying to force the pass plays to show he was a passer. Sometimes he could have just checked it down. Sometimes he could have just took the quick run. That's what Brock Purdy did against Detroit. Sometimes he just took the quick little run. He didn't always have to throw 40-yard bombs. Like, that's not what being a playmaker means. It means that when it's winning time, they put the ball in your hands to do what you do. And that's what Patrick Mahomes did again. And the thing about Patrick Mahomes, I used to talk about Brady and, like, Brady's early wins. Brady's wins came off the back of, like, Brady on a drive, getting them in field goal position, and them kicking a field goal. Pat's defense made the plays that had to be made. Brady made the plays that had to be made. Got him in the field goal position. They kicked the field goal. Now, on the opposite end, Brady's rival at the time, Peyton Manning, there's a few times where Peyton Manning got them where they needed to be and they missed a field goal. So, you know, that's Patrick Mahomes gets you into the end zone. Got them into the end zone. Look, if we have to take a field goal, we will, but in overtime, gets them into the end zone, wins the game, game over. Brock Purdy got him down the field, got a field goal. And I know, again, Kurt Warner said, hey, when you leave the field, you did everything you were supposed to do, and then you lose the game because something is out of your hands. No. You have to make the play to where that can't happen. Not in overtime if Brock Purdy doesn't miss two very clear touchdown passes. And I've seen all the excuses for why he missed the clear touchdown passes. Man had the, had the corner burnt. Had the lead. Brock overthrows him. Two very clear touchdown passes. He misses. He hits those touchdown passes. You don't go to OT. Now, you can't put it on any one play, but that's the difference between a Brock Purdy and a Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes is different than everybody. And that's why... We have to stop doing this. Oh, he didn't get it done. He's not the guy. Every year, one guy's going to get it done. That's it. Every year, there will be one quarterback that wins a Super Bowl and his backups. Everybody else will lose. Whether or not that quarterback is the guy to get it done, here nor there. There's going to be some years where a guy, where a quarterback wins and we're like, yo, like that was a great team. And he was there. That doesn't mean he's the best quarterback. But that team won. And that will be the only quarterback that wins that year. Every year there's one guy who wins. And right now we're in the Patrick Mahomes era. So while we looked at the Chiefs earlier and thought they were done, they still had Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey was struggling early on. They still had Patrick Mahomes. And Kelsey got back in the game later on. So everybody else lost. Josh Allen, lost. Lamar Jackson, lost. Brock Purdy, lost. Justin Herbert, lost. Everybody else lost. Dak Prescott, lost. Everybody else lost. So are they not legit? Are they not ballers because they didn't win a Super Bowl? Every year there will only be one. So you have to keep that in mind when we're looking at these guys. Now, because Patrick Mahomes always seems to be that guy and is always in the conversation, he separates himself from everybody who's playing right now. After that, we have to decide who's who, where everybody lines up at. And I think there's a lot of questions. I think 
I think that's I think it's like Tiger Woods era. Where like, all right, who's coming in second? Who's coming in second? Who's the second best quarterback right now? An argument can be made for Lamar Jackson. And I know he's not doing it the way we're used to quarterbacks doing it, but he is a quarterback and the ball's in his hand and he makes the plays. An argument can be made for Josh Allen. But that argument isn't as strong as everybody says it is, and he's not the clear and far and away number two. Joe Burrow was injured. So we even get to see him this year. If Joe Burrow's healthy this whole year, we might be having a whole different conversation. That's what you have to look at. Who's number two? Because number one, clearly, Patrick Mahomes. It's been a good see. It's been a, a, a good season. I think. I think it's been a good season overall. I think it's been a good season. Early on, I was kind of hating this season. It's kind of ugly season. A lot of guys. A lot of the guys we thought were the guys weren't really there. Um, they were struggling. A lot of struggling early on from the teams we thought were good. Then a lot of the teams who were good early on, they turned around and. and turned it down. So, you know, it was looking like an iffy season, but in the end we ended with the 49ers and the chiefs who I think far and away we thought were two of the three or four best teams the whole year chiefs and the 49ers. I think you add in the Ravens who we thought were the best team and they came just short to the chiefs. Um, You add in the Cowboys, who, hey, you got to give them credit. They were one of those teams. You had in the Dolphins, who we thought were one of those teams but got a lot of injuries late. Those were, like, the best teams, and all these teams were relatively competitive if they were healthy. You had in the Eagles, who fell apart. Fell apart. Absolutely fell apart. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Eagles next year. I'll say this, 49er fans, you're mad. You guys lost. You didn't get it done. Everybody's... Dog piling on your quarterback. You guys could be right back there again next year. There's no definitive challenge to the 49ers in the NFC. And the Cowboys, you guys could be right there again too. You guys could be the team that's there next year. Because there's no definitive runaway in the NFC. So, you know, the Eagles, Jason Kelsey says he's done. Travis Kelsey, by the way, announced he will be coming back. They are going for the three-peat. Will I predict the three-peat? Right now, it's too early, but I'll say I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I think it's too early. I think we have to see what happens. I think we have to see. Obviously, uh, this team is going to develop some more. Rice is going to get more experience. He's had a really solid year. He's now their number one receiver, wide receiver. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be back. He's had a up-and-down year like really high highs because he's the best tight end in the league right now. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, Maybe he's less distracted next year. That's my prediction. Less distractions for Travis Kelsey. Uh, Hopefully he's not as much of a dickhead next year as he was this year, clearly, by the situation with him and Andy Reid. But, yeah, man, and the defense, man, that defense is strong. That's another thing, like – being the guy, being the playmaker, you have to be the playmaker all the games. It can't just be against the weak teams. It can't just be against the teams who make really bad plays. It can't just be 
when things fall apart, you have to make the plays against the great teams. Patrick Mahomes made the plays against the 49ers and the Ravens. You have to do it against the great teams. Uh, you know, so the Eagles may not be there. Lions may be there. My Bucks, uh, I don't know about my Bucks. I don't think my Bucks are a strong enough team to even discuss. Uh, it's not like the Lakers and the NBA. But my Bucks were there in the playoffs this year. We'll see how things go. But it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to the draft. Looking forward to see what happens there. Caleb Williams supposed to be the clear number one. Seeing a lot of Drake may talk. Um, a lot of Drake may talk. But I think that it's kind of just like uh, in the NBA draft, whether it's Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller. And they're like having all the talk about them because they were trying to act like somebody was going number one other than Wimby. Who, by the way, that kid's still a monster. But not going to talk about that today. But it'll be interesting to see how the draft goes. Um, it'll be interesting to see how free agency goes. A lot of big free agents out there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's too early to definitively pick who's going to go next year. But I will say I will not bet against the Chiefs. I will not bet against Patrick Mahomes. Um, but the NFC, we'll see. We'll see. But I think overall, man, I think we got to be happy about this Super Bowl. Um, the refereeing was relatively, went relatively well. Nothing too crazy. There was a couple calls early on, but nothing too crazy. Good defense, like big plays on the defense. Um, and then solid plays. The 49ers defense was extremely disciplined. Extremely disciplined. That's what makes the Patrick Mahomes plays even crazier because you see how often the 49ers were exactly where they needed to be. So, like, that was a really good Super Bowl. I think this ends up being a really solid season. But, you know, the Chiefs reign supreme again. We'll see what happens next year. But this is Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes again, a part of the We Are This Real Podcast Network brought to you by the good folks over at TMM Smith. You can catch us on the social medias at Cleats, Dimes, Strikes, TikTok, Instagram, heavy on the TikTok, heavy on the TikTok. Yo, dude try to say I was hating on Taylor Swift. Why do you guys feel the need to cape for that girl? She'll be all right. She'll be all right. But glad to not have to talk about her anymore because the season is over. Uh, but, yeah, hit us up on there. Comment. I do reply often. Uh, I try not to get too personal with y'all. I try not to take too many personal shots at people. I don't know. Maybe that'll stop and I'll start letting loose. But with NFL done, going forward, what we're going to be looking at largely here at Cleats Times and Strikes going to be looking at the draft, obviously. Going to start locking in on college basketball more, men and women's. I think women's sports, specifically college basketball, are really entertaining. Going to be locking in on that. And obviously NBA as we look to wrap things up there. But happy to be here, y'all. If you've been checking us out, shout out to you. You've made it this far in the episode, which is a short episode, but had to come here and knock it out. Shout out to you. We will be back on Thursday. I look forward to that as well as electric relaxation, which you can also get on your favorite podcast streaming app. I am LBC Bruce. This is Cleats, Dimes, and Strikes. Peace out.